Hey friends, Andy Jenkins with Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture. I'm actually the director for the Warriors on Mission project. In this season, season number three of the Warrior Hope podcast, what I want to do is something a little bit different. I want to take you behind the mission and move you beyond the mission. Now, here's what I mean by that. I want to take you behind the scenes and show you some of why we do what we do. That's behind the mission. But then also, I want to help take you beyond the mission. Part of our goal is to help warriors move from where they are to really that next mission, to identify what it is that they're called and empowered and really trained and equipped already to do next. And so we're going to take you behind the mission and beyond the mission. Now, one thing that I want to do is I want to just set this up and then I'm going to be back. I want to play a clip for you um, by one of our friends, Chris Turner. Now, he's a United States Marine. Uh, he is a Nashville recording artist that has featured uh, on our upcoming documentary. Uh, in fact, you may have seen it by the time you see this uh, podcast or hear this. This is on video and on audio. Uh, but I want to introduce him to you because he, in an episode that we recorded previous season, really talks about that dilemma of making that transition and, and coming home and moving into a next mission. So here's... Chris Turner, United States Marine, and an artist that works very closely with us, and in fact is featured on the Crosswinds Freedom Tour. Uh, here's Chris. The biggest thing about transitioning from the military to civilian life is even though you're transferring or, or, or transitioning to civilian life, you don't turn it off. That's not a light switch. So you carry that over into the civilian world. So if you feel that way, you know, and you compartmentalize everything, once you get to the civilian world, you still are a Marine, once a Marine, always a Marine. So you still think, act, and feel just like a Marine until you can't do that anymore. And it just weighs on you and weighs on you. And then eventually, like myself, you know, you got to get help. You got to talk to people and and get it out. And that that was my biggest problem for the longest time is I just didn't want to talk to anybody about it. Now, this coming back home and this making the transition is something that really we've been working on since back around 2014. In fact, let me back up a little bit. Back in 2018, Bob Walder, our founder and executive director, he launched Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture. It's a 501c3 based out of Birmingham, Alabama, with the idea of taking faith into the public space and having a conversation and meeting people where they were. Rather than working in the field of apologetics, as he had done before, apologetics is really where you make a defense of our faith and you talk about what we believe as opposed to what other religions believe, and really you kind of make those arguments. He saw really that something was moving kind of culturally, and so let's have those conversations in the cultural space. And so Crosswinds was founded in large part to do just that, to intersect culture and to bring faith as an important element into that conversation. Well, around 2012, he decided to launch Front Porch Media as a means to engage culture. Now, the Front Porch, that is back in the day. In fact, I used to live in a home that was created in 1900. It was in historical district in downtown Birmingham. And on the front door, there was a plaque right beside it that said, actually crafted in 1900. That house had a massive 40 foot wide and about 12 foot deep front porch. Now that's, that's huge. Uh, it's as big as some trailers. It's bigger uh, than some mobile homes. But the reason it was there was because culturally back then, that's where a lot of people spent their time. 
They didn't stay inside. They didn't have climate control inside the house. And so if you were hot, you came outside and you caught the breeze. As well, that's where you dialogued with your neighbors. You didn't pick up a telephone. If you remember Andy Griffin, which was created decades after my house was created, uh, Andy Griffin would have to dial the operator and then they would plug him through and see if they could catch someone on the other end of the line. People didn't have social media. They didn't have email. They didn't have all these devices that we have today. They would interact with each other on the front porches of their homes. So if you wanted a dialogue with other people, you might just walk up and down the street or you'd shout from porch to porch. And some houses, even like mine, had little sidewalks that went to the street. But then they also had these sidewalks that went like literally up porch to porch and porch to the next porch. And you could just go from porch to porch to see all of your neighbors. Well, Front Porch Media was created to really dialogue in that public space about some of the topics that mattered the most. Well, during that season when they were launching it, Bob reached out to one of his friends, Don Mallon, who happened to be a chaplain retired from the U.S. Army who served in the Middle East and was deployed multiple times. And he said, hey, Don, if I was going to create a documentary, a full feature-length film about an important cultural issue, something that's going on that matters to people today and will matter for years to come, what do you think it should be? And Don said, PTSD. And Bob said, well, what, what, what is PTSD? Now, now, pause right there. Today, you and I know what PTSD is, post-traumatic stress disorder. But remember, over a decade ago, 2012, that term wasn't in common usage. And so Don said this. He said, well, PTSD is like this. It took me a few years after I returned from the Middle East to understand that when there was a thunderstorm happening outside, that it was just a thunderstorm. I was not under mortar fire. And Bob thought, and he actually even said, and they had this close relationship to where he could say this. He said, well, that, that seems like a weird response. That seems a little bit odd. Tell me about that. To which Don explained, well, post-traumatic stress and post-traumatic stress disorder, when it's diagnosed, is when you react in the present as if you are responding to external stimuli from something in the past. In other words, it shows that you've not really processed through those pain points and now you're living out the present as if you're in the past. And so we had that conversation, um, they did, about what exactly that looks like. And so Bob began investigating. He leaned on Don's help. In fact, Don is in the first film. At that point, Don was and still is leading a ministry um, that helps veterans and their family cross swords, which is based out of Jackson, Mississippi, out of that area. And that first film uh, was created uh, back 2014. Now, Bob had this idea. He kind of has an entrepreneurial mind. And he thought, I am going to sell the first documentary and after raising the money for it, and then I'm going to allow those proceeds to fund the next film and allow that one to fund the next one and to keep it going. However, after watching the stories in Invisible Scars, he realized that the stories were too powerful and too touching that really they didn't need to be sold. They needed to be shared and given away. And so at that point, remember, almost a decade ago, 
he decided to make the DVDs free of charge. All people had to do was write in and request it. I remember one of the previous employees at Crosswinds, Linwood, staff member, he would uh, fill out the forms. People would send in a little postcard that had um, their name, a Crosswinds postcard, their name and the address. They'd filled it out and he would fill out a return label and then ship them the DVD. And over the years, uh, 10,000 and then 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, by the time I became involved with Crosswinds, um, back in 2018, 50,000 DVDs had gone out uh, to people free of charge. And also by that time, there was a second documentary. Now, that second documentary was entitled Honoring the Code. While filming the film, Invisible Scars, kept bumping into this uh, thing that looked like PTSD, it kind of acted like PTSD, yet there were some differences. And, and don't worry if you don't know what this term is. We're going to talk about this in an upcoming episode here in Season 3. They kept bumping into this topic of moral injury. Now, to date, you might not have even heard of moral injury, but I bet you've heard of guilt and shame. You've likely heard of survivor's guilt, false guilt, some of these other ideas. Moral injury occurs. Uh, it's not an external or a response to something external like PTSD is. Moral injury occurs when we take something on and in ourselves. It's a response to something inside of us. You can think about it like this. We're raised and we grow up with a certain code of ethics. Uh, you should not murder. But then you, you're deployed and you serve in a war and you're faced with doing things um, that go against that moral code. And even if you can rationalize it and even if it's ordered and even if it serves the greater good, there still is this internal angst that many times uh, people feel. Uh, sometimes it takes the form not just of, oh, I did something wrong, uh, but I should have done something different. Uh, it takes the idea of survivor's guilt. I should have been there. That should have been me. Maybe some of these ideas seem familiar to you. Again, we'll discuss them in an upcoming episode here in season three. But that second documentary was on moral injury, honoring the code. Now, here's why I say all of that. Because in season three, we're really going to talk about what's going on behind the scenes with us and what's going on behind the mission that we have. And then what's going on behind the mission, sometimes at warriors feel, veterans feel, what happened uh, to them, what do they experience, and then let's move beyond that mission into a new mission. Now, with all these hurts and all these pains and all of this going on internally, I want to let you in on something that we learned recently. This isn't new information, but Sergeant Major, make sure I get this correct, James Bryant, we interviewed him for our upcoming documentary, Trauma Comes Home. It's about the fight for the warrior family. And he really talks about this idea that you've got to deal with the pain. You've got to process it. You've got to talk through it because if you don't, it comes out in other ways. So let me uh, let you hear from him and uh, you'll see him if you're watching on video and then I'll be right back. No one size fit all remedy because as I stated some soldiers just do not want to talk about it. They want to block it out and not realizing that's what hindering them. Um, not discussing, not getting counseling to help them process it that will allow them to you know move forward with their lives if you will. 
And I think a lot of them are being held back because of that. The mere fact that, you know, I just don't want to talk about it. And being able to equate that to, man, if I get somebody to help me to deal with this, to process this information, I can start the healing process. Now, notice one of the things that he locked on there was uh, really sharing your story and uh, accepting the most true, authentic version of that story so that you can walk through that. Let me tell you this. I've been involved with Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture since 2017. I've served in some capacity on staff since 2018. Back in 2017, I was working from home, and I remember talking to Bob. It was not my idea that they put these films online. Remember, they started as DVDs, but I kept having that conversation with, oh, let's get it online, let's get it online, let's get it online. At some point, I actually helped them put that film, uh, both of those films, online, where people could access them and stream them, and now they're available all on the Crosswinds platforms. But during that season, I remember driving to the offices, and generally on Fridays, we would go on Facebook Live and we would talk together about something related to post-traumatic stress or something uh, akin to moral injury, something that was in that ecosystem of the ideas that Crosswinds was pushing together. And Bob had this idea. He said, man, you need to come on board as maybe adjunct faculty. You need to come on board at Crosswinds and help us and do something here. And so we had that conversation, but it never quite fit until 2018, I really went through this difficult season. During that season, uh, a marriage that I thought was strong began falling apart. Um, it's a much bigger story and much longer than I'll get into uh, here. But at some point, working from home, my ex-wife was working from home, I really had to get out of the house to where we weren't just on top of each other all of the time. In fact, some of my friends were even said, hey, man, maybe you just need to go get a job at Starbucks or do something. Uh, you like Starbucks. You like coffee. And dialoguing with Bob, I <laughs> told him that. He knew my entire story. And I told him, I said, look, you've talked to me about coming to do some things with you before. If you could pay me what I would make at Starbucks, I'll come, I'll come work for you. I'll literally do it for Starbucks money. I found out later he was paying me out of his pocket, literally a check of what I would have made for Starbucks money. And that's when we started writing some grants to develop the curriculum. I'll show you to develop this curriculum, Warrior Hope. Now, within a few months, we had some grants that were coming in. He had a 501c3 that had an incredible reputation. He had been open for a decade at the point that I came on board. And so some money started coming in. And at that point, I began working for more than Starbucks money. Uh, but we developed the Warrior Hope curriculum. We developed uh, a leader guide for this, developed some other materials and led some groups. And so that has been part of the Crosswind story for me and part of my involvement with it. Now, let me transition to this film clip here because I, I think it's important you know, to own those stories and to see that and to earn the hurt that we've come through. In fact, owning it is really the only way to move forward. There's this passage in the New Testament in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn uh, because they will be comforted. In fact, one of the only ways you can get to that comfort place is by going through the mourning phase. Um, 
And Paul says, this is a passage that we looked at as we were recently going through this manual here. Uh, this is the New Disentangled. It's a Bible study on warriors, hope, and faith. Uh, one of the passages we came through here was Paul talks about comforting others with the same comfort with which you have received. Kind of the way to get to comfort is to go through the mourning phase. But when you get to the other side of it, then you turn and part of the mission becomes imparting that same hope, part of that same faith, part of that same encouragement and empowerment, giving that off to other people. Now I say that because I want to show you this clip from Joe Montalbano from Invisible Scars. In this clip, he says something like this. Back when he was serving, everybody was serving together. We all looked the same. We all acted the same. And because of that, we kind of locked into this new normal. And when you see it, just when you listen to it, well, pay attention to what he says, and I'll be back at the end with some clue, including remarks, and then set us up for episode number two here of season three. Everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's got the same actions. Uh, so you never really notice PTSD in anybody because you're all doing the same stuff. You're all, you know, can't sleep. You're all on edge. You're all, you know, talking in your sleep, you know, whatever. It's not until you get back home and you're around your family, you're around your friends, and for a significant time, not just home on leave. Um, it's, that's when you realize that you've got a problem as an individual because everybody is uniformed. Um, so you're all doing the same stuff. You all show the same symptoms. So who knows what PTSD is when everybody's doing the same exact thing, that's just normal. Joe's remarks right there really reminded me of, of this idea. You know, does a fish that's in water actually know that the fish is in water or is it so normal that that is just what the fish does? Like, do, do, do we seem odd to the fish in the same way that a fish being able to breathe and live under the water seems odd to us? If, if you're in an environment where everything seems so different, everything seems traumatic, everything seems elevated, it might become a new normal to where at some point you got to step out, you got to have the conversations like Sergeant Major Bryant said, you got to do what Chris said, you kind of got to make that transition, you got to go through the process like Don Mallon said that kicked this whole thing off about realizing, oh goodness, uh, that's not mortar fire, that's just, that's just thunder. Um, if you've got to have that conversation, at some point I would encourage you to have it. That's where the healing actually begins. I want to close with this. I want to leave you uh, with some links down in the show notes, whether you're watching or whether you're listening, where you can find some of the tools I've referenced, the Warrior Hope Manual. You can find the Disentangled Manual. You can also find links to where now uh, you, you can order a DVD of those films. We still ship those out because some people still use them and prefer them. But you can also instantly right now stream either one of those films about uh, PTSD, that's Invisible Scars, or about Moral Injury. That's honoring the code, or you could watch both of them, uh, even back to back. But I want to close you with the trailer from Invisible Scars. So I'm going to play it, and I will see you again here on the Warrior Hope podcast brought to you by Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture.
can't see the things that these young men and women have seen without being changed by it. Understand something, anyone who goes to war never come back the same. Uh, to go out and deliberately take someone's life is a life-changing experience. And you have to learn to cope with that. If I could pay someone to, uh, to make me forget it all, to brainwash me and forget it all, then I would. The real hallmark of post-traumatic stress is that whatever the horrible event was, it keeps coming back to the person and they keep reliving it over and over again. In my eyes as a Marine, it was weakness. They're still fighting the war back there, even though they're living in America. They're living in the present. We should also be on the cutting edge of what heals our people. What's really important is that people know that the earlier you get treatment, the better, and that treatment works. Hope is now available. Healing is available. It's the biggest hurdle you'll ever have to take a step over in your life. And the emotional scars are something that we have to learn to deal with, and we can with the help of the people around us.